Hello, everyone, and welcome to PBN Style. You are in the place to be to find clarity, consistency, and authenticity in the way you develop your brand. On today's show, I have with me Ms. Stephanie Franco from Diversity Solutions. She is here in the Dallas area, and she's helping small businesses, female entrepreneurs tap into the strategies necessary to grow their business using tools within the marketing toolbox. Are you spinning your wheels with social media, Facebook ads, and the like? Do you want to have more engagement with your client base? Have you fallen short in your efforts to establish meaningful connections with like-minded people to develop profitable collaborations? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you're in the right place. PBN Style Podcast is the destination to learn from entrepreneurs just like you who have used their inner influencer to create circumstances for optimal success in their business. Whether it's a solo episode or an interview, Andrea is showcasing the value of personal brand development through tips, tools, and insight. With each episode, you'll find applicable examples of how a personal brand, where you're in tune with your likes, dislikes, and non-negotiables, is exactly what you need to build your success on a solid foundation and grow authentic connections. Where does all this begin, you ask? With your personal brand and personal style, of course. Let's get started with today's episode. All right, everybody, Stephanie is going to talk to us a little bit about CRMs and how to do your networking uh, process after you've attended a networking group. If you remember in last week's episode, we talked about networking with intention, and that was part one, and this is part two. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that you can join us over in the Boss Talk Facebook group, where we have Boss Talk Wednesdays. It is a great place to join a conversation about how to use your personal brand in your business to develop uh, strategies and tools and concepts that will help you engage and increase sales for your business. In addition to that, If you are having questions or concerns about how do you tap into this whole thing about being authentic and what does it mean to be you and all those different things that you hear marketers talk about, well, I've got just a thing for you. It's called my Highway 8 video series, and it is a road to finding your inner influencer. It is uh, four days of videos with eight amazing questions that help you dive a little bit deeper into how to develop a personal brand that will create the best foundation for your business. So I'll make sure and link that in the notes below. And remember, all of our show notes are over on my website, andreapatrick.com forward slash podcast. You can find this episode there. And lastly, be sure to go over to iTunes or Spotify and review, listen to the podcast, give it a big thumbs up, review it and talk to us, leave comments. All right, let's move on and talk to Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. How are you doing? I am doing well. All right. It's this, let's just go ahead and get this out there. Everybody, Stephanie's a really good friend of mine. Uh, she's a sister from another mister, and she is the networking queen, okay? I've called her that since the day I met her. I've never seen anything like it. I've seen other people who do great jobs networking, so if I've called you a, a master networker in the past, don't be offended, but this lady right here... She knows how to get it done from the Ruta to the Tuta. She starts off strong and she ends strong with her process on the back end of networking. And that's what I want to talk to her about today. So Stephanie, yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna like lose any time on this podcast. I wanna like 
jump right in. Give us like the 411 on Stephanie Franco, who she is and how she became the master networker that she is so that we can give people like the credibility piece of it. Right. Because, you know, people need to know that you are the real deal Holyfield. And then we can get into some of your tips. So who is Stephanie and how did she get here? All right. So thank you, Andrea, for, you know, welcoming me on your podcast this week. You guys need to follow her because Andrea is a wealth of knowledge and is a big supporter for small businesses. So if you're not subscribed and you're just listening now, you need to subscribe because there are a lot of information that you will learn throughout this whole journey that Andrea is presenting to y'all. But let's talk a little bit about what I do and me. So I'm originally from Hawaii. I've been in Dallas for 14 years and I started off as an entrepreneur way before I really was an official entrepreneur, just doing things on the side. You know, everyone tries to make their own money. And one of the things that happened is I found this need and I found that I was very in touch with working with women, small businesses, and I love to talk and I was very resourceful and I put that all together. And long story short, I created Diversity Solutions Marketing and I've been an entrepreneur officially on the books for 10 years. 10 years. Yes. Yes. And that's. That's how it all started. And through that process, I've worked with so many different entrepreneurs. I've worked with Andrea. I work with uh, startups to six-figure companies. And I'm either hired or I come and I represent you at a meeting, a networking event. And I also work on, you know, my overall goal is strategic marketing. And that has evolved from what I did originally in the beginning. You know, Andrea, you have a lot of products and services and you've evolved over uh, you know, these years that you've been an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. find out what works for you, what doesn't, and then that's added to your 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 database of what you can do for your clients. So Stephanie is has worked uh, with corporate clients, like she mentioned, and she's worked with small businesses. But what I've witnessed from you, Stephanie, is um, you know, and you know, Stephanie and I will sit in a car on the way to a networking event and we'll hammer out sort of what we want to do and come up with a strategy and talk about the 30 second pitch and all that. And you can go back. I'll link our previous um, podcast interview because we talked about a lot of those things in that podcast interview. But I want her to really go into detail today on the podcast about the after effects of uh, networking and, um, you know, like she said, she's been in business for 10 years. So, guys. She's like officially. So I hope you caught that because she said officially, which means um, she was doing it unofficially <laughs> long before the 10 yeah, years. Just, just dabbled in things just, from time to time. A, just I mean, a dibble dabble. Yes, it's a dibble dabble. Um, but, uh, what I've witnessed from you, Stephanie, is your ability to walk away from what might seem to other people to be a chance encounter with bona fide marketing, I mean, bona fide business relationships that have lasted the span of your 10 plus years in business. And that is what I want us to take away from this podcast interview today, because as small businesses, um, as startups, even those of us who've been in business for a minute and are trying to scale up from what we now have, these networking tips and things that you know are imperative for that next level of business. And so why, first of all, I want to talk about, let's just get the whole idea of a CRM out there. So what is a CRM? Let's start there before we get into how we work it. Sure. So a CRM is a 
customer relationship management tool. So it is a software program. And the purpose of that is really about data. At the end of the day, you're going to hear, you know, with SEO and with your website, data is important. And it allows you to place leads. It allows you to follow up with leads. It allows you to track deals. It allows you to put in notes with those prospects. Uh, and it also allows you, uh, more robust will allow you to, uh, you know, take it to the next level by sending out automated emails to get them through your sales funnel. So it is overall an analytical sales tool in order for you to grow your business. That's the simplest way that I can explain what a CRM is. Okay, so um, if you are listening, then you'll understand based on her definition of a CRM how important it is to the networking process because the whole, like, if you think of it in terms of cavemen, right, and they go hunt and gather, right, so they bring stuff back. So if you think of the networking process as the hunting and gathering part, then you think of the CRM process as the processing of what you gathered. Is yes. that right? Okay. Yes. And then... Cutting the meat up and yes. separating it out before you actually cook it. And yes. Exactly. And use it. Okay. So why do you think... Um, now, let's kind of move back to some of the other questions because I want to know, and I think it's important for us to understand why it's so important to have a post-networking process or system. I think, you know, when you're out there networking, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and you can get caught up in the moment of just networking. So the whole point of us being entrepreneurs, at the end of the day, no matter what product or service we have, is to grow our business. And this networking, the networking follow-up puts that time, that effort, everything that you've done to go to that networking event to now get this process in place to turn them into a lead or to dump it if it's not a potential lead and to figure out how to take that, that networking event and close business and put money in your pocket. That's what it is and to grow your business. It is so important to have a post-networking process because if you don't, then what's the purpose of you going to the networking event? Exactly. There's no purpose at all. What's the purpose? Unless you're supporting, and I get that. I go to a lot of events where I just go and support some of my friends, even if it's not an event where I think I will get leads from. I go to support them, and that you can exclude. I mean, if you're there to do business and you don't have a post-networking follow-up, then what's the point? You just invested a lot of time, time is money. And as solopreneurs and small businesses, we can't afford not to take advantage of that networking event and see if there is some business that will come from it. You're really big, too, on just our conversations that we have. You're really big on um, the day, like making money. Like what's your money-making thing for the day? We talk often, and that's one of the things you say. You know, let's go make that money. You know, I got to make it's whatever, you know, do the income-producing things first. And um, I think the CRM, working that CRM is an actual income producing activity. It may not be immediate income producing, but the process of working that CRM um, and doing that due diligence after the networking event is a money making, an income producing activity. And so let's talk a little bit about that because I think maybe it's difficult for the lay person. You know, we talked about this, like so guys, we talk about all this stuff all the time. So one of the issues that even brought me to this whole um, this whole one 
two-part series on networking with intention was the fact that I was noticing in my own networking efforts, um, going to groups and running into people, the lack of understanding of what networking really is. And there have been multiple times in the last two months where I've run across people who go to a networking event thinking they're going to sell that day. And if they don't get a client that day or if someone doesn't refer them a client that day, that it was a, a bust. And it's like, no, guys, that's no, that's not what networking is about. We're building relationships. And so this whole idea of the post-networking process or system is about fostering the relationships that you make or the, the encounters you have at a networking event. And so that's yeah. why it's important to have this follow-up system mm-hmm. because it takes you out of the mindset that you have to get the sale at the networking event. you got to get the client at the networking event, right? Right. And, you know, with that, if they go back to our old the previous podcast, we kind of detailed a little bit about the uh-huh. networking group process. And, and so you've done, you know, listen to the podcast, you'll get tips from that. And then a segue into this one is, after you've gone to the networking event, the follow-up is so important. You know, so many people assume that, okay, I didn't get any business. I got a card, and that's it. I reached out to them, threw it out. It's done. You know, in order for you to be successful at networking, it's going to take time. You're yes. going to have to show up, and you're going to have to be committed. People need to know who you are. You need to know if you're serious or not before they give you a chance. There's so many one-and-done deals. Just come in one time and you bounce out, and that's not how it works. Once they see you, okay, great, it's your first event. And then you're committed and you attend and attend and attend and you branch that out and leverage through volunteering or contributing to an event. Then they're like, hmm, Andrew Patrick is, she's something. I need to I need to reach out to her. And then the relationship grows from there. Your CRM is just, it is an an opportunity for you to detail those encounters. Yes. That's what it's for. Detail those encounters. So yes, you will have leads and you will put in put them in your sales funnel. But if there's just people you met at a networking event and you're still trying to build a relationship, go back to your CRM and detail that conversation. That's when you find out when someone's birthday is and when their anniversary is what and trips you, what trips to. they went on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, gosh, being in sales, which, God, I swore I never would do when I graduated from college with my degree in marketing sales was the last thing I wanted to do. But having been in it and having had to do it, like when you're an entrepreneur, you're really in you're sales, sales, right? So, But what I've learned is the no is sometimes just a not right now. But in order to get to the yes, you've got to have, like you said, the data you got to do the, the work and put in the time mm-hmm. to get the information to stay, stay top of mind. That's what, that's what a lot of salespeople say. That's you just stay, stay top relevant. of mind, be relevant, right? And the CRM gives you the tool you need to stack that information to stay relevant. Yes. And, you know, Andrew, you and I talk about this all the time. And I open it up when I, when I speak in front of meetings. But, you know, the purpose of, of, you know, having a business is to, gain new customers and keep new customers and so you sit on that for a minute you're like oh okay well i have to keep my current customers happy and not lose any but i also have to gain new customers to grow my business and then people do business with people they know they like and they trust so after attending a networking event and spending a few minutes with someone 
do you think that they're going to close a deal with you in the next few days? Right. Chances are not. Not. Not really. They need to get they need to get to know you and they need people to vouch for you. And how you can be vetted mm-hmm. through networking is by coming to the events more often. Pick a couple that you like and stay committed. Then go back and utilize your CRM and say, I met Andrew Patrick at ABC networking event and she does ABC and we talked about all these things and her nonprofit organization tough and just a couple other things I learned about her. You may not even be talking business, but at the end of the day when you're you getting Andrea, yes, and you see Andrea again and maybe at that same networking event or something else, then you can sort of do a review and say, Oh, I remember, so how's your nonprofit going or or you, you mentioned you were going to go on vacation or that podcast. I mean, how can I get involved and participate or advertise or be part of your podcast? And then it just makes it where Andrew's like, okay, all right, this person is you will. kind of legitimate and see them a little bit and yes. you build that trust. Exactly. Because I'm not, you know, especially when you're out there networking, 99.9% of the time when I go to a networking event, the next day someone's not signing a contract with me. That did happen once. <laughs> Actually, it happened a couple of times, but it was a whole nother, whole nother process because I was at the right networking event and it was timing worked out perfectly. And the people that I connected with that day, it just worked out. And the stars aligned. It did. But most of the time, it takes it takes time not to just repeat it. It is a long process and it's sometimes it can be fun. And I think we make it, uh, we don't make it fun. You know, we get thinking it's grueling. I don't want to do it. It's just, but have fun with networking have fun with the whole process because then during that time that you are going to these events and yes you're plugging in your crm you're building relationships you're building credibility you're out there with your brand which i know we'll talk about a little bit later but you're out there telling people who you are this is the image this is the person that i am and i am loyal i'm i am a big advocate for this 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 and that's how you're vetted absolutely you know um I am coming out with a course soon. You know about it. I've been talking about it forever, but um, it's very it's a simple course that sort of the foundation helps you develop your personal brand to even get to the point where you feel comfortable and certain about yourself to go out and network with intention. But one of the things I talk about in this course is the idea of building a reputation. Then you can foster relationships that turn into a really strong rapport that leads you leads or attracts those loyal clients, those loyal collaborators, those people that will refer you and ride or die clients and and supporters. And that's sort of what Stephanie's talking about in being patient and taking the time because sometimes like the, the times, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, but the times that those deals have happened like immediately, like right off the bat, it's because your reputation preceded you. It wasn't, so you may have just met that person, but they heard about you from someone else through the grapevine, how awesome you were and how credible you are and how, um, you know, how uh, capable you are with what you're talking about. So even though that one person met you at one networking event on one day, they had a rep, you had a reputation that they knew about. So that one encounter was like the confirmation that, definitely I need to talk to her and I need to be working with her. So it's also important, I think, to um, keep in mind that your networking experience may not be the first time that person 
has heard of you or is meeting you. It may be the first time you're meeting them, but they may have looked you up long before because someone else talked about you. That's right. I get that. I get that a lot in actually in the corporate. I know she does, guys. I told you she's a master networker. I wish she could be a fly on the wall for some of our conversations because people know about her from like, I can't tell you, like she'll be in one state and somebody will come in for that same conference from another state and they will have heard about her from somebody else that she doesn't even remember talking to at an event. And it's not even the company that I go to represent. Right. It is, they don't know me from that company. They they just, I've heard of you. Mm-hmm. I've heard that you, mm-hmm. you brought a few guests to this networking event or this conference. Or, or I heard that you did X or Y or Z. And I'm saying X, Y, and Z because there's just so, so many, many things that she does. So, and I was like, oh, wow. And half the time, I have no idea who they are. I know their company. I've even heard people. you say, oh, I heard that you were able to get so-and-so such people to their event. So yes. I know you can get people yes. to the event. And that's the other thing, people, is that your credibility will um, it will allow people to say, okay, wow, if I, you know, she can get people to an event. I mean, how many times have we talked about people want to oh, use gosh. your database of yes. people? I, that's just on the small business <laughs> side. And then on the, the corporate side, when I work for clients, I organize events. That's another role that I do on the corporate side. And it's very challenging to get big names, people of power to come to an event because they're extremely busy. But in certain cities, I've been able to bring in 30 people, which we only have 30 spots and I bring in 30 people and 95% of them are the ideal client for the sponsors. That's huge. Yeah, that means she did her job, guys. She rocked it. That, okay. That's what that means. She's being modest, but she knows uh-huh. she's a she's a networking queen. Okay, I want to move on because sure. I want people to hear from you what some of the because you are this master networker and guys and I'm not saying that lightly. I mean I'm not saying it because she's my friend. This is like tried and true. You can talk to just about anybody we know in this area that has a small business and does an event or needs some some help with getting people to an event. Everybody knows Stephanie Franco. I mean I guarantee it, but. That means she also is familiar with some common misconceptions that people have about networking groups. And Stephanie has several networking groups. Let me just tell you this. This is this is this is true. We went to San Antonio. She started a meetup group in San Antonio, guys. Sight unseen. Okay. How many people do you have in that group now? Five thousand. Okay. We haven't been back to San Antonio together in how many years? A year. A year. A little more. Okay. So her and her group is still growing. So I don't know if that if that doesn't tell you she is a master networker. I don't know what is because we live in the Dallas area. So that says a ton about her reputation and the the power of networking. That is that is a lesson. Not just that she's a master networker, but the fact that she is constantly drawing attention and being and attracting her target audience from her previous networking experiences. People this like this. This is growing based on name recognition. Right. Based on reputation and relationships and work and, work to, and time yeah then you just wake up and hey I'm a yeah master yeah and there are a thousand people in my group that didn't happen but you know what else she does definitely she mentioned it at the beginning she is a talker and I think that you know also too often there are people who are introverts by nature 
but they want to have a business. And I think they aren't aware that a networking group is not the time to sit back and watch. Like, you got to get in there and swim with the fish. Step out of your comfort zone, even just a little bit. I mean, it's really important. So what are some common misconceptions about networking groups you can think of? Well, one, we talked about it before, is I attended this networking event, this networking group, and I didn't bring back any business. So this group is terrible. It's horrible. I'm not going to go anymore. It's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. That's one. It drives me crazy. And I'm and Andrew and I, we are very transparent when we're talking. And it drives me crazy because you have to give that networking group time. You have to give it time. The first event that you may go to, <laughs> organizers may just have had a, 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 bad, a bad day. A bad day. Uh, quality over quantity. Oh, there was only 15 people there. It bombed. It, it was no good. It was nothing of value there. I've gone to networking events where there were four people, and I've walked away with leads at the end of the day, a closed business on groups that only had four or five people attend. Uh, another misconception is, oh, if it's a free networking event, then it's a low quality. Mm-hmm. It's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. And we can, that's a whole other segment about free and paid. Because, gosh, it's, it's negatives on both sides. Because you've got the free, oh, if it's free, it's not worth it. But then you got the, if it's paid, oh, I'm not paying I'm not to go to that. Go oh, my gosh. So, and I just posted in the group uh, earlier today, and I talked about a speed networking event that I'm doing next Oh, she week. does a great job with that. That's so much fun. I love that's, her speed networking event. That's a highlight. That's probably one of the best things that I can do when I bring people together about speed networking. And I put that there was a fee associated. And I said, why? Why is that fee? And I broke down why. And I don't feel like I always have to explain, but I want to, you know, we want to change the mindset. And that's the thing when it comes to networking groups and being a business owner. And Andrea, you know, she has the boss mindset and she can go through and tell you, you need to change your mindset as an entrepreneur. Because when you're stuck in that bubble and you look at this networking event, you're stuck in a rut and you cannot get out of your own bubble, then then you're going to be stuck there for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's a cost associated because A, B, C, D, E. You need to step out of your bubble. You need to understand that all the time that you put in to attend this event, the time that you put in to research this event, that you have to be committed. You have to come back. I think another misconception about about networking events is I must join in order to make an impact in the group. I must pay thousands of dollars. Or if it's worth, if this group is thousands of dollars a year, then that means I'm going to get better leads. That's another misconception. Some of the groups that I go to, I pay nothing. Some of the best groups, I pay a couple of bucks a meeting. So don't associate high dollar with high quality. Exactly. That's I get that all the time. It's $1,000 a year. And depending on my time, I travel a lot, I do a lot of things, I may not be able to commit. So it doesn't matter if it's three digits or four digits. If I don't have the time to commit to a networking group, I'm not going to invest in it. Uh, I think another misconception about networking groups is people often feel like, you know, this networking, uh, someone at a networking group rubbed me the wrong way. And now everyone in that group right. is that person. <laughs> I had a bad com- I had a conversation with someone who just had a bad day. And now I'm going to take this person's attitude and put it on the whole group. And you haven't given people a chance. Uh, networking is not easy. It is hard. It is a craft. You have to be very strategic. But even those that are not marketing, have marketing minds like Andrew and I, if you're just intentional 
right, Andrew? If you're mm -hmm. just intentional, you come up with a small little plan, like I'm just going to go there and see what this networking is about. You know, maybe I'll make connections with two or three people, then boom, and go from there. I don't ever want anyone to feel as if they can't network, because even introverts can network. Yes. Which is going to just going to be a little bit different. You know? And it takes knowing yourself. We talk about that. Yeah. That's the whole idea of PBN Style. It's developing a personal brand that um, is clear, consistent, and authentic. And yeah. when you do that, you know what, guys? Honestly, I think I'm going to have to change what, what I'm saying because I think people are getting so confused by the term personal brand that they're not they're missing the point. But, but that's not for this podcast. But for today, what I'll say is when you know yourself and how you operate best, you can create circumstances, that, what I call circumstances for optimal success, which means walking into a networking event, you've done your homework, which you just talked about. Mm -hmm. So you know, okay, this is a group. I know some of the people in the group. This is kind of what they've said about the group. I know that these are the types of people that attend this group. So, yeah, this is my group. Now, yeah, you manage your expectations. So now when I get to the group, it's, okay, I'm in the group. What are my intentions for being here? Now you know who to talk to intentionally. Not that you can't talk to everyone, but you have an idea of who you came to talk to. So you can be intentional about seeking those people out, asking them the right questions, you know, all of that type of thing. And you do have to have a sense of like purpose. Like, what am I, what am I doing? And that way you'll know, do I want to pay for a networking event? Because I'll be honest, I know a couple of networking groups here and you'll be familiar with who I'm talking about. But they require you to pass out so many referrals every meeting. And you pay a lot of money for these groups to be a part of them. But what I've found sometimes, I'm not going to blanket it, but just the ones that I've attended, people just give leads out just to say they gave out a lead. It doesn't mean it's a warm lead. It doesn't mean that that person is certain that the the name they gave you is going to at least want to hear what you have to say. Right. It just means that they were required to give you a name. And they just pulled one out of a hat mm -hmm. and just wrote it down. So, again, to Stephanie's point, just because the event, the, the networking event is expensive or you pay a lot to be a member, doesn't make it a high quality event. Yes, you have to look at your ROI, mm -hmm. you know, your return on investment. And Andrew and I talk about all the time income producing, income producing activity. Mm -hmm. you know, I have a, you know, we both have hectic schedules and we have. Yeah, she's got small kids. I do. And I've got big, small kids. <laughs> and we both run nonprofits as well and volunteer uh, on, on so many other things. And husbands. Don't and, forget, <laughs> don't know. forget the charity of, the yeah, biggest the charity, charity of all. Yes. The husband. So the I time, love you, honey. That time that you spend on, on your business is, you know, it's hard to track it. Well, I work 50 hours. I work 60 hours. I work 20 hours. It's very hard to track it. I know I. Andrew uses time blocking and Asana as additional tools mm -hmm. to help her get all set up. But when it comes to, you know, these leads and it comes to networking and what you do afterwards, it's these CR, CRM is is a great analytical tool to help you keep organized. Yes. It just helps you keep organized. Organization like, oh, is so important. I mean, exactly. when you get to be, I won't say old like me because I'm not old, but by the time, I'll say this, as a mompreneur, when we birth our children, a lot of our brain cells go out with the child. Of course. And so of course. we struggle to remember things, to to keep things in order. Mm -hmm. And so having something like a CRM 
to run back to to jot down any notes and conversation little tidbit that you put in you can like flush your brain of it because now you've gotten it down and so crms are important for that follow-up getting back to that guys i know we sort of strayed a little bit but the point is the crm and what to do after your networking event that's what we're doing networking with attention but yeah the crm is a place to brain dump the conversations, the contact information, you know, oftentimes, I don't know, have you run into this where people say, um, oh, I don't, I don't carry business cards. Have you run into that? I I get that. I get the digital aspect of it. And and someone will text me their, mm -hmm. their card. And depending on how you look at it, I'm not going to give my number to someone that I'm not comfortable with. It's kind of crazy. I know it sounds bad, but my, my number's all over the place, but just because I you want my business card or you want to give me your business card, I'm not going to give you my personal, you know, a yeah. number that I'm not even sure why. So now most of the people who have done digital cards, it wasn't an organic conversation. It was, oh, can I text you my card? So it yeah. came up more aggressive. So yeah. want disclaimer, I'm not saying digital cards are bad, but just the few experiences I've had. But um, I've been hearing a lot where I don't have business cards. Yeah. I don't have business cards. Give me yours. I'm like, well, for one, that's, it should be, you know, reciprocal and I feel like mm-hmm. you're absolutely right I just think I mean I'm not downing the digital card either I'm not doing that but what I will say is for you to want a relationship a business relationship whatever we do at the onset of that relationship needs to be reciprocal and if I'm not receiving a card from you and I understand cards are expensive sometimes and it, it can be a cost thing you know a money thing I get that but if you're not going to give me something physical that I can take back to my CRM then let's sit down and have a conversation so I could at least jot down some notes you know something. let's exchange emails first and then we can talk via email I can put that in my CRM and say you know he had a digital or she had a digital card Instead of exchanging cards, we exchanged emails, follow up with him in a couple of days with the email to see if I can get more information from him about sort of where he is and what he's doing or or she. Um, The experiences I've had with it have been men who don't have the cards. So that's why I said he. Um, But, yeah, it's about, you know, the onset of any relationship needs to be mutually beneficial And whatever is being done should be reciprocal. That's how you start off a good relationship. I'm not going to like, like, yeah, let's get married. And I've never even talked to you, you know? So that's kind of what I feel like when you say, oh, I don't, I don't have any cards. Even if I don't have cards, I will always say, oh, I don't have any cards. But if you give me your card, I will email you mm-hmm. and we can talk that way. Because sometimes I just run out of cards. Yes. And I need new cards. And, so, it happens. and it happens. It happens. We run out of cards. But what angle I've been doing, especially in the corporate field, uh, with my corporate client is LinkedIn. Mm, I'll say, yes. I'll say, you know, they'll say, Stephanie, I don't have any cards. and Or uh, a lot of big name managers and directors don't normally have cards when they go to conferences and right. events. And so I'll take it to the next level and say, well, can we connect on LinkedIn? Perfect. And usually on LinkedIn now, I connect with them on LinkedIn and then, and they'll accept usually right there on the spot or, you know, we're both, you can't see because it's a podcast, but we'll both have our phone up and say, is this you? Yeah. Is that you? Yeah. You know, my, mine says Stephanie Franco and has MBA on it. So yeah. I make it very distinctive and some people have other acronyms. Some people have none, but I make it very distinctive so yeah. people can reach me out. I didn't realize there were a bunch of Stephanie Frankos out there, but <laughs> the same way. 
uh, and and then there'll be John Doe or Jane Doe, such and such, and we'll sit there and like, is this you? Is this you? Okay, and we'll connect. And then I'll go back a couple of days later, depending on the day of the event, add in the my CRM and thank them. Thank you. Appreciate you connecting with me. Met you at this event. I plug in all those notes. What I remember from the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna remember everything, but even if I took away a few things yeah. from California. Alex. Like sushi. Mm-hmm. I know this is just random, but these are things that will help trigger the conversation. Right. What yeah, sparked the conversation mm-hmm. initially of you were meeting over at the coffee and you were getting tea and she was getting coffee yeah. and she spilled a little bit. You know, just you can reference the initial um, contact in the bathroom. Right. I meet a lot of people in the bathroom <laughs> and I've closed a bunch of deals from at the end the beginning, I'll meet them in the restroom where I have the food. Well, you know, yeah. usually at conferences like that, women are standing in line for long periods right. of time in the bathroom. So you're talking. But I, I will say that we had someone, Chanel um, Yarber, on a while ago on the podcast. And we talked about LinkedIn. And I'll say one of the takeaways that I got from that uh, conversation was the idea of, you know, we talk about these um, mutually beneficial and reciprocal meetings, right? So one thing that I think is important, she hit me too, was when you do reach out to someone on LinkedIn, don't just um, ask to connect. Don't just like send the request to connect. Have a little note, like show me that you looked at my profile, you looked at some of my my posts or whatever, and you're like, hey, I think, you know, I'm looking at your profile. I ran across it and I see we have some synergy. This is what I do. I'd love to know more about what you do. You know, would you mind joining my my network. my network, you know, and that's kind of how you. That's sort of the same as as meeting at an event. Of course, it's just and, a digital, and it's just a digital version a digital of networking. Version. Yeah, but even like you said, if the person doesn't have a business card and you're sitting there saying, "Oh, well, can we connect on LinkedIn when you're in person?" Great, do you can still do that connection. You know, if you do it while you're standing there, afterwards. yeah, put it on your chair. But even while you're there, it should be like, you know, hey, let's connect. You know, I'm standing right in front of you, you know, mm-hmm. just so they remember, you know, who you are. If they don't get to it right away, usually they'll do it at the same time that you're doing it because y'all are face to face. But all right, guys, so I want to move on because um, we can, Stephanie and I have been on the phone for hours at a time. So this and conversation, we work too. yeah, we're working and talking, but I will say we could, we could be here for a while. So I'm going to sort of speed this along, but I want to know. We're talking about CRMs and we're talking about following up and how to work that back end of a networking experience. How long should someone work on a lead? Like we know we've been we've been sort of, you know, tilling the land and sowing seeds and all that. How long should that last, do you think? It depends. <laughs> All right, Honestly, you sound okay. you sound like my husband now when I ask him a question. I don't know. Well, we'll see. It, it's it's not just a particular number. There are some suggested numbers, and and so when I was you know reviewing this question, and I look at the sales funnel, it's different for each lead. Each funnel, yeah. And that's each lead, and then each funnel. And Andrew and I, we talked about different funnels that we have for our leads. Uh, but I'm going to give you just a general, okay, a general. Uh, number. So this is something that I kind of use as a baseline and then I adjust. I do the, the 2 2 2 method that you hear a lot is two weeks, two days, two weeks, and two months. And that is sort of the baseline. But it all adjusts. It depends. If I meet someone on a Friday, I'm not going to follow up on a Monday or a Sunday, right? If someone that I meet 
And two days later, I reach out and get their out of office reply, okay? And they're out for two weeks. I'm not going to follow up during those two weeks because they're on vacation. So you have to take it to another element. But I use that as a baseline in terms of keeping people. Uh, and then after two weeks, and then you have two months. Well, do I need to follow up with the same person after two months? Not necessarily because they just came back from vacation. So you have to, you know, you have to just be, you have to be very, very mindful uh, and then usually it's six month lead. I when it when it goes out to six months, I sort of step back and I just let it grow organically. And I take it to a whole different level because this is someone that I really wanna I wouldn't say book as a as a client, a new client. I'm gonna find other ways that I can close the deal besides. Hey, do you want to learn about ABC? Hey, do you want to learn about ABC? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will invite them to an event that I'm on. I'm part of. And I bring them as a guest. And that is a way that they're not being sold to. And I can sort of protect them while I go to the event and just be their helper. And it's very informal. I've done that in Atlanta and Boston. I've done that in Dallas. I've done that in Houston, Austin. And and I've done that just to say, hey, you know, I really want to close a deal with this company. But it may take months and months and months. So, hey, this is an event I think would be great. Mm -hmm. Why don't you come? Mm -hmm. Be my guest. And then I get brownie points from the organization. I also get brownie points from that company because they're like wow stephanie invited me and i think this would be great and i do that on a small business level too a lot of people have you know i know thousands of small businesses and mm-hmm. i get invited to probably 50 or 60 events a week whether it's facebook or email mm-hmm. and i feel bad i have a nonprofit and i support women entrepreneurs and so you I can't be tons. everywhere i can't be everywhere time. but what i will do is if i find an event and it may not be my event maybe andrew's event it may be another colleague of mine in, in the marketing field or business field and i say this organization is having a conference and i'll go and i'll share it with them and i'll invite them i'm not connected i'm not an ambassador i'm mm-hmm. not getting an affiliate link i just think that this will be of value to you and you know what? They appreciate that. Exactly. They appreciate that. Because that's bringing value to them. That's bringing value to right? them. Right. They see it as value. Wow. You know, she she told me about this. She could have kept this to herself. She could have. But she told me. Yeah. So and it changes up in terms of now in the CRM, where are they at? You know, 222 is a baseline. And some other biz, uh, strategists and salespeople will tell you otherwise. But if you just keep a baseline, no matter who you listen to and who you follow, know that you can adjust. You can adjust. Just adjust it based off of your outbound to them. And you may even pop in. There's some people that are in my on my sales funnel that I meet at a random event. Mm-hmm. So now it's not. And it could be three months, six months. And then they go back in. Yeah. And I start the process again. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind that that number is very flexible, but you have to start somewhere. And, and you know, needed. and so let me just give you this too, is that Stephanie is also an email marketing professional. So she knows how to work the email sequences as well. And I think that's kind of what she was alluding to when she mm-hmm. talked about, even if you get six months out, um, so I guess the answer to the question, what we're saying is, is there's no real, there's, no, there's really. no real need to stop until someone says stop, right? Yes. Because that a no can sometimes just with. mean not right now. But ultimately, like I think she gave a good guide is like at six months, if they, if you haven't closed the deal, if they haven't done the thing you wanted them to do, then it's a good time to just add them or have them be a part of 
like Stephanie said, some of this is the value add information just to stay top of mind because they might not be in a place financially to take advantage of what you wanted them to do. Or they just might not be in the right frame of mind to do what you want them to do. And it might take you sort of bringing them along a little journey to help them have their little epiphany moment that they say, oh, that's what she meant. Now I'll take advantage of it. So so having an email strategy as well um, and thinking long term, having a long game for your networking is also a good idea. Think about, Andrew, your products and services. Like Andrew has different products and services that she can provide. So that lead that you start off with after three or four months and it's like, huh, well, guess what? Maybe you launch a book. Maybe mm-hmm. you launch a, a, a program that will fit them. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't ever, ever give up on the lead, but you can go analyze, just like you analyze your data for SEO for yes. your website. Go back and say, wow, this lead is from two years ago. And look at the notes and say, oh, you know, conversations that they're not really interested. They're really looking for more of an X, a Y, a Z. And you're well, like, wow, I just did that. I just did X and Y. <laughs> you know, we can come up with Z down the road. Yeah, yeah. So I would never say, never, ever get rid of that lead unless they out front tell you I'm not interested. Uh, I've had clients who told me I'm not a business owner anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm over it. And five, six years later, they're still not a business owner. So they're not on my sales funnel. Mm-hmm. That's something that that's someone that you will not probably reach out to right. again. Right. But they pretty much said no. Like that was pretty much I'm no others. longer doing the thing that you're contacting me right. for. Right. But I have others, you some mutual contacts of ours, which clients I've shared with you who mm-hmm. stopped and came back a few mm-hmm. years later <laughs> and reached out to me randomly and, and I didn't even have to do anything and close the deal mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for that service or that product that they needed. So you know, peace of mind, if they know who you are and they're following you, you know, you can always encourage them to follow you on social media or if you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel, if they're not interested in purchasing any of your products and services, then that value add of, you know what, just check this out. Mm-hmm. Just come follow me on social media and then you can get your nuggets there. Because mm-hmm. I'm always posting valuable information. Exactly. Exactly. Well, guys, that does it. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You know, we've talked thank about you. CRMs, what they are, how to use them, how to network with intention post networking event that was the purpose of this particular episode and so guys if you loved this podcast please be sure to roll over to itunes or spotify and give us a review we love those comment um there's a question that i want to ask you so you can answer that in the comment either on my website or um in itunes or spotify but i want to know from you are you currently using a crm and if not After this podcast, do you think you probably should? All right, guys, that does it for this week of PB and Style. Remember, you are in the place to be to find clarity, consistency, and authenticity in the way you develop your brand. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of PB and Style. Clarity, consistency, and authenticity will ensure a solid foundation for your business and the ability to create authentic connections. Remember, all of this episode's show notes are available on my website, andreapatrick.com forward slash podcast. After you leave your review and subscribe to stay in the loop, head over to Instagram and connect with me there at AFPatrick. I share behind the scenes images, special announcements, and some good old family fun. For more interaction, my Facebook group is the ticket. The BTB Boss Talk is a weekly conversation between bosses where we discuss all things boss. Have a question? Want to share a thought? That's the place to do it.
Thanks again for listening. Join me next week for another episode of PB in Style.